Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals. And if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Just recorded, we've just been talking about the international rules for... Uh, vans going into uh, Europe and uh, needing operators' licenses, and it led me to beg the question, which I think is an ideal one for a podcast: Should vans have operator licenses? Ooh, well, so, that's a yeah topical subject, isn't it? I got, yeah. I got shot down on LinkedIn by a van operator a little while ago when I suggested it. This would not cheer many van operators up, would it? No, it this, wouldn't. This idea, not at all. But do you know what I'll say? I'll put I'll, I'll put I'll draw a line in the sand. I think van operators should have operators' licenses. There you go. Uh, well, we, I think we're gonna have to. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna sit on the fence. Oh well, well I was I was gonna sort of. You were gonna sit on the fence. It, it needs something, but perhaps not to the degree of operators' license. Yeah, that's where I, I uh, was going. Yeah, that's we got some splinters there, haven't we? Now, Jamie, we've been sat on the fence a little bit with that one. I was yeah. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. We'll the van operators <laughs> interested in our business. This one's been <laughs> this one's been doing the rounds for years, hasn't it? And um, you may you you two guys may be well aware of a product that I used to be involved with uh, when in my time with the uh, FTA or Logistics UK as now is um, the Van Excellence Program, which um, was brought about by government at the time. I think this was around about two thousand and ten. You know, probably even earlier than that. Government at the time making noises, noises about uh, operator licensing for vans, and I think the the trade bodies um, caught between a rock and a hard place here, really, because their members didn't want it, their members don't want it. Um, but of course, as a trade association, there's obviously an opportunity for them to support uh, van uh, members, uh, you know, who, members who, who run vans, and and so you know, it's a, it's a bit of a bounce mat there, so. Yeah, so come on then, Pete. So what what uh, what's your um, what's your view on what you know? Why would vans? Why would we need to encumber vans with an operator's license? Yeah, good question. Right. So I think I think that a lot of the time vans are unsafely run and unsafely managed, and I think they. So we'll just take it. My personal experience. Let me tell you a story of living in Hampton Hargate in Peterborough, okay? I walk my dogs regularly, okay? And then this this fucking bloke called Gibbs Removals, yeah? <laughs> I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try and hide it. But Gibbs Removals is a van operator in Hampton. I think he owns about 14 vans and they're dotted around Peterborough. Yeah. They're parked obscuring junctions. Yeah. Do you know who I mean? Have you seen no, them on I've I, I probably have. Probably have anyway, anyway in Hampton, they're like literally every possible lay-by in all the public car parks, there is removals vans kicking around, right? And, you know, if you're listening, Mr. Gibbs, just come and have a chat. It's fine, right? I didn't really mean to be totally rude about it, but that place, that company need a bloody operating centre. Yeah. You've got 14 vehicles, nothing's managing them. Yeah. The and 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 then 
they may well be running a really nicely run and managed operation. Their only challenge is they've not got an operating centre. And I, I believe at that size of fleet, they should have. So I'm not saying a blanket operator licence. What I'm saying in certain scenarios, yeah. like how, how can a residential place, this is a new... This is a new development over the last 20 years in Peterborough that's been designed for one to two parking spaces per household. Yeah, with limited parking availability. And we've got junctions, roads everywhere obstructed by big panel sided sprinter vans at three and a half ton. Right. So that's one issue. The next issue is I also live in Hampton and we have DPD vans that Mm. are absolutely racing around. Uh, the streets of Hampton and very often I'll look at the condition of the vehicles as they're parked up and I walk past them and I'll tell the drivers that their tires are bald. Yeah. 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 So we've got bald tires, we've got obstructed junctions, we've got speeding vans, which Mm -hmm. I see on a regular basis. And why are they speeding? Because they're not regulated and they're being paid paid per drop, which Mm. correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure is not allowed under operator licensing. Nope. Nope. That's it. Okay. Viewers, not right so what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Yeah. yeah. So HGVs are no longer allowed to pay people by delivery. Yeah, it's under the driver's hours rules. Yeah. Yeah. But Amazon, Amazon are allowed to. Yeah. It's Amazon it's crazy, isn't it? are allowed to, right? So you've got guys having to do 150 drops a day to make their income. They're being paid a, a pound a delivery or whatever it is, 50p a delivery or whatever they get paid. I don't necessarily think a lot of the time they've probably got a load issue, but I no. think those vehicles do a lot of distances. Not I think hours. a lot of hours. I think mm. the drivers are tired. Yeah. I think the drivers are distracted. Half the time they, they're doing like local drops. They're trying to find where they're going mm. a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine they build up a good local knowledge, but taxi drivers aren't under that kind of pressure. No. To, no, to spin around and, and, and taxi drivers are licensed. <laughs> Or taxes are licensed. Well, taxes and taxi drivers. Exactly. Ta- taxis are licensed. So what, why yeah. aren't we licensing vans? So that yeah. that's kind of my opinion. And then you've also got plenty of van operators who do run overloaded. I think I'm not sure about the Amazon vehicles. I imagine it's just volume rather than weight. But I don't I disagree with you know, those drivers are starting at the crack of dawn and they're finishing at, at dusk, uh, having driven driven all day. Yeah. Um, you know, multi-drops, they're probably not having brakes. Mm-hmm. They're probably eating whilst at the wheel. They're smoking whilst at the wheel. And they've probably not had any training whatsoever anyway. Yeah. Um, no records of their work. I bet they don't have weekends off. And I bet, you know, a good example, one of my mates started one of these Ponzi schemes recently about selling food, selling food of all things out the back of a van. I've, I've, I've not really heard of them. And I don't think he'd listen to the podcast, so I'm not really bothered anyway. But they're called Direct Dining Solutions or something like that. They've got a refrigerated van that he sells food out the back of. I'm pretty sure there's no HACCP or anything like that or food safety qualifications whatsoever on the back of the van. But I tell you what, he's perfect. He put all over Facebook the other day. I haven't had a day off in three weeks. So I literally commented on there going, well, your employer should tell you that you operate under GB domestic rules, which means you have to have a day off every 14 days. You come back going, I'm self-employed. And I was like, well, you probably ought to take this off Facebook then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I rest my case, right? This no. guy's on Facebook telling telling people that he's falling asleep behind the wheel because he's not had a yeah. day off because he's on this Ponzi scheme where he probably gets paid 50p for every bit of salmon that he sells or whatever. 
I don't know. Bloody ridiculous. Anyway, I've chunted on for about five minutes. So I agree with everything you said in that reflect, what you've said there. Yep. There needs to be some kind of some kind of regulation, doesn't there? I agree. Yeah. But what about Bob the Builder, Jamie? What about Bob the Builder, who's, you know... Only exactly. Yeah. yeah. If he's, yeah, if he's, he probably only goes in a 20-mile radius, doing local jobs, yeah, handyman, yeah. perhaps, would that be unfair to, to have to go through the whole operator's licensing with him? No, and I, I probably agree, probably not, actually. So, yeah, they could do a thing, couldn't you, of what, five vans or more? You know, where, where do you draw that? What one? about hire and reward? The fact that you're using your van for hire and reward. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? If you're if you're using your van for hire and reward, yeah. you're doing third part like your removals, like your couriers, parcels, etc. I think I think to be honest, that's probably the line, and that's the line. Having said that, there are lots and lots of van operators who possibly would fall through the cracks because even though they're not hire and reward, um, you know, they're still. You know, I always used to think, um, uh, you know, the, the the builders that work in London, for example, from sort of Peterborough area or, you know, Ketch and Corby area, they go bombing down the motorway, like, say builders, scaffolders, that type of thing, and then drive back again. You'll find, it, if you look at a lot of the accidents and, the, you know, I've done some research into van accidents and, um, uh, you know, mostly uh, they are, you know, crop tradesmen who have yeah, yeah. been out to a job and come back again and it's late at night, they've, they've done 12 hours on the tools and now they're driving three hours back again. So, you know, you could make an argument for those as well, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mark Cartwright, I, I had Mark Cartwright on the podcast and I can't remember what the statistic was. He reckoned, I'm sure it was something absolutely ridiculous, like you're 400 times more likely yeah. to have an accident in a van than you are in any other type of vehicle. And one, in three, yeah, and one in three of all road traffic accidents happen to someone That's who is driving for work. Oh, yeah, that right. is. Yeah, that absolutely. Say, right. On your comment there about someone doing a full day's work and then driving back in a van, how often do you drive by a van or a van overtakes you? The person in the passenger seat is fast asleep, aren't they? Absolutely yeah. yeah. <laughs> the driver still yeah. yeah. They're exactly the same shift because they're, they're leaving, you know. They're, so, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it, it, my, my sort of research led me to kind of um, the, the usual arrangement for that sort of thing is if they don't share the driving, then the driver normally gets a couple of quid extra, you know, for, for doing the driving. But, um, yeah, it, it is it does leave a lot to be desired, doesn't it, the van? Uh, you know, the van. Having said that, there's some great van operators. And uh, Mark mentioned Mark there. Mark was, was at the forefront of the Van Excellence Scheme for many years, and his passion for vans and van safety has doubtless saved lives, you know, no two ways about it. It's uh, it has saved lives, but um, yeah, no, I think I think Bob the Builder maybe there's a you know, but certainly the high reward, definitely, definitely. I, I wonder, so and, and I guess this is probably part of chewing the fat over it, really, it's having the conversation, but I wonder if based on the volume of vehicles, but obviously with DPD, a lot of them are franchisees, yeah, aren't they? Course, so they yeah. fall under that, yeah. but I wonder if. You know, if that's if you're being paid for high, I, I think there's something in, and I don't think it needs to be as stringent as HGV operator licensing. It doesn't need to be as stringent, but I'm sure there's a place for if you're hiring reward, or if you're not hiring reward, and you've got a fleet of more than five vehicles, 
you need like if you've got a fleet of more than five vehicles, you need a freaking operating center. That's a really good point you made there, Pete. About five vans outside your house unless yeah, you live somewhere rural. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfill their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. Yeah, it's it, you're absolutely correct. I mean, you need an operating centre for HGV because when you open your curtains in the morning, you don't want the fella next door to have overnight moved in half a dozen trucks, and and that's one of the one of the things that the traf- traffic commissioner oversees. Interestingly, PSVs don't need an operating centre, which is a, a weird uh, yeah. sort of um, similarly between the two, or not similarly between the two. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I think. We had this problem when I was, for those, I mean, watch this, you'll know that I, I, I worked for a local authority. I was the fleet manager for a local authority. And we had a massive problem in Portsmouth. Portsmouth is a very tightly, very um, dense, densely populated city. Lots of lots of Victorian terraced houses and 1960s high-rise flats. And the streets around Portsmouth, the side streets are just packed with works vans. And... Um, you know, at the time, at the time, we I ran about we had about 260 vehicles in our fleet. Well, probably a good 150 of those were vans, and um, we, there was a lot of move by the politicians to get rid of this parking issue for vans. And I said, well, the only problem if you do that, we've got a bit of a problem because that means we, that's a, that's half of our fleets parked out on the streets as well because that's how we dealt with it. We didn't have enough operating room to to keep all the vans, and that's how things work. But um, you're absolutely right. I think the operating centre, I think there's got to be a number, isn't there? Like, you, As you say, five's quite a good number. If you've got more than five vehicles, you need somewhere to park them, don't you, really? But then that just can't blame to someone that's only got three, like you say, living down a terrace street, trying to park them all down there. So it doesn't always fit either, does yeah. it? I've, I've seen it. There's been cleaning companies. There's been cleaning companies in Hampton. And, and just because I live in Hampton, I refer back to it because it's such an ideal... It's, it's such a typical, recently built, fairly newly developed area that's fairly densely populated. It's been designed with green space, but only with one or two parking spaces per person. Otherwise, it's on the road. There's a cleaning company that had done successfully. They've done successfully well. Six or seven vans, only little Renault Kangoos, but they're parked all up one street of an evening. But also, they were getting complaints on the local groups because the neighbours, I'd have hated it. Four yeah. or five in the morning, they're all yeah. turning up to go and clean yeah. offices. Four or five in the morning, sliding the door shut. Well, they're leaving their cars the as well. So they're leaving their cars there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which are exactly the reasons why, when you ha- when you when you want to start operating heavy goods vehicles, your operating centre needs to have off road parking for all your vehicles, and and we need to know that the the hours that you're going to be working, the kind of thing you're going to be doing, tail lifts, forklifts, doors slamming, drivers coming at all days, hours of the day and night. So all the reasons why you wouldn't, why you would make a, a, a representation against an operating centre, you could have the same issue with vans. It don't make sense, does it? No. So I, like I say, I'm I'm fairly confident to bring bring the hammer down on the fact that I think there needs to be something. Or are you two getting splintery bums and coming <laughs> off the fence? 
Well, uh, you know, with with, with that sounds like splinters. Well, MOT, get this, MOT, three years. So if you bought a new van today, you wouldn't need to have it MOT. Yeah. I was with um, I was with a, 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 a company, a company, um, or a little probably about a year ago now, and they had Fiat Ducatos, brand new Fiat Ducatos. Uh, and these people race around the countryside. I say race, that's probably being a bit unfair on them. They carry out their legit, legitimate business around the countryside, and they do 90,000 kilometres a year. Now, this is a good company, and this company inspects their vehicles like they would a HGV. But in theory, that van, or those that fleet of vans, could do uh, 270,000 uh, uh, yeah, 270, miles in three years and never have an MOT. Well, for, until the three years is up. Similarly as well, it may, it may, they may not inspect it either. <laughs> or service no, it, you know, no, exactly. So. Just fix it when it goes wrong or, yeah. or when a light comes on. Or... No one's regulating it. So are you coming off the fence yet, Mike? See? Are you coming off the fence yet? I'm coming off the fence. You, you've made a good argument, actually. I've, I've got, got one foot down. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Coming off the fence. Now, here's an idea. What if, what if the, as a... What if, as a van operator, and here's a note, here's a thought. This is a bit. This is business on the on the hoof. What if, as a van operator, you could subscribe to um, some kind of service? <laughs> just try not to mention it now. Some kind of service that that you know is like an operator service light that would help you look after your vehicles and uh, would give you the hints, tips, and advice. Uh, and, and, and practical advice in practical stuff would would that be not a good idea? So you wouldn't need an operator's license as such, but you could say, look, I'm in this little club, you know, something called Fleet Geeks or something. I'm in this little club that helps me out. You know, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that I think that'd be a fantastic idea, idea yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You could have a, you could have a like do the right thing for doing the right thing's sake, right? Exactly. People be safer, greener, and greater, couldn't we? Safer, greener, and greater. Pete, I think you're dying to be dying to get that out this afternoon. Wow. Tell, tell, tell the right. listener what safer, greener, and great is then. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not made Jamie wear the t-shirt. <laughs> I haven't had the t-shirt. I wouldn't put it on. <laughs> safer, greener, and great. Yeah, great. That's a that's a great. Good, that, that's the crux, of it, isn't it? Anything to make the road safer. It's got to be done, hasn't it? It's got to be a good thing. Yeah, and I tell you what, maybe, and absolutely right, you're absolutely right, and maybe, maybe there is an opportunity as fleets do eventually, you know, some of them willingly, some of them screaming and kicking, but as van fleets do move over to electric vehicles, uh, being electric vehicles being slightly heavier, we already have this notion that a, a, a license holder with a B license, a car license, can drive a heavier van on a B license, providing they've done some basic training, uh, and it's all to do around the safety of, of, of electric charging and what have you. But maybe there's an opportunity there as we move into the electric uh, market for vans that we up our game in terms of the compliance for for, for operators. Um, we we had a you know again back into my uh, local authority days we. We were early adopters of electric vans, and um, we, well, that was a good opportunity for us to, to have a training program that rolled it out. And it, it, never, it, it had to make them better, safer, more efficient drivers because you have to drive electric vehicles slightly differently. So maybe there's an opportunity there as we as we electrify the van fleet, which is going to happen. 
you know, absolutely. whether we like, you know, whether operators like it or not. I mean, maybe I don't know. I think the jury's still out on the trucks, but I'll tell you what that'll be. There'll be loads of long leads, loads of long extension leads coming from people's houses. Yeah, or black people yeah. tapping yeah. into lampposts and things yeah. tripping over walking their dog or getting dog poo on them or something <laughs> anyway anyway i tell you what i'm going to close this but as transport managers who are listening to this this is a really prime example of when i say about something being compliant or it being safe Safety. and that compliance doesn't equal safety and this is exactly the point the van fleets we're talking about are compliant they are they are to the letter of the law they are going for MOTs at 12 months. They are parking where they need to park. They're doing everything they need to do. So they are compliant, but are they safe? And that's the question we're asking. And they're not mm. safe. So there's the difference between compliance and safety. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, that's it. Hope everyone's enjoyed it. And we'll see you all on the, on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.